0: morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's good to hear everyone's uh, voice uh, on the call. And, uh, you know, as Brother People mentioned, uh, being able to, to leverage technology to um, worship together um, in the name of our Father, and the name of our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, it is uh, uh, a blessed morning that we have, and certainly you know the the day was not promised to us, but God gave it to us nonetheless through His grace, His unmerited favor um is the reason why we have today um we didn't earn it uh but nonetheless, God saw a fit to allow us to see it and uh certainly also thankful for that last uh, lord's day um we we read from revelation the twenty second chapter and verse number thirteen. Where Jesus set on the alpha and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last, and as we discussed last lord's day that um that it is Christ through uh, the power that was given to him by God that that is set kind of the the boundaries the uh the the habitation of the righteous and um as we looked through this study you know, this this habitation that God has as established for his sons and his daughters through the death, burn, and resurrection of his uh, of his only begotten son Jesus Christ, is something that should inspire confidence in us. Even when we're faced with situations again where individuals may claim to have that power, um, it should be our confidence and the in the form of our faith rather that <clears throat> that will draw us closer to God. Um, and that will, you know, inspire us to remain righteous even in the face of a certain death. And an example that we looked at uh, last Thursday was in uh, the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as as Nebuchadnezzar, the um, the most powerful man of his time, how he had erected a a golden image in his name and and commanded all of the all of the people in his <clears throat> under his purview and under his power to worship. This golden image. Um, when they heard the the sound of the harp and and the various instruments of the band, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would would not uh, give obeisance to Nebuchadnezzar. Certainly not to um, to his uh, golden image. And as Nebuchadnezzar told them, you know, it's you will do this. Um, if you don't do this, I will certainly kill you. And who is your God who will uh, stop me from doing so? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you know, what their response to King Nebuchadnezzar was was, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can go back and read the the account in the Book of Daniel. But what they basically said is that <clears throat> we worship our God as powerful, and He is the one and only almighty and if he sees fit to spare us death he will do that regardless of what you say and if he does not see fit to spare us then we will die but we will not bow, we will not bow down and worship you nor this golden image and we know that uh, they were thrown into the uh, the depths of it an extremely hot fiery furnace but it was a fourth individual that was walking about inside this furnace that Nebuchadnezzar um, observed as bearing the the image of the son of God, and he called forth Nebuchadnezzar, or sorry, he called forth Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they and they came forth as and their flesh was not burned, their flesh was not touched in any way, shape, or form. They came out whole, and he proclaimed. That our God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and every person on this phone call, as being the true and and the Almighty. And I got to thinking about this uh, this habitation, the this this life that we have, um, you know, being set by the bounds of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, Him being the Alpha, the the beginning. Sorry, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And, um, about the, this, uh, this, uh, term that it's a financial term, but one I'll use for the basis of this lesson called consumer confidence. And, um, I <clears throat> was watching a program about Bitcoin this past week. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not an expert in cryptocurrency, but from what I learned from this, from this program is that. Um, you know with bitcoin the the uh, this these these coins, if you will, these cryptocurrency um are uh unique um forms of currency let 's say that are based off of a code, and this code is is unique in some way shape, or form again i don 't know all the ins and outs, but because this 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 bitcoin has a underlying code which is non-fungible meaning it can't be repeated it can't be copied it is absolutely unique um that uh that is the basis for this currency and the confidence that those who you know um you know trade in cryptocurrency or believe in cryptocurrency uh, that is the, the basis of their belief that cryptocurrency could someday replace the dollar. But consumer confidence in Bitcoin is is uh, sporadic, it's not stable, um, and thus the price of cryptocurrency is not stable, but if you look at the dollar, um, the dollar is based off of the uh, the confidence that the United States of America will not go belly up. Um, that it is a country that has the strongest democracy, um, the strongest economy um, and you know if someone is going to if there is a nation that will crumple in a catastrophe from an economic standpoint, the confidence of the American dollar or the confidence that the world economy has in the dollar is that the United States will be the last country. That, that crumples economically um, if something were to arise and there's a structure that's based around um, the dollar um, there are security measures there's um, you know different you know things with the dollar bill with the 20 with the hundred that um, that's that the, that uh, the Federal Reserve um, has designed into the dollar bill to make it Somewhat harder to copy, to to forge, um, and 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 while we know that the dollar bill is certainly not, fu- certainly is fungible, um, there is a high level of consumer confidence because the structure is there. It exists. It's lasted for a long time. It's been tried and true. And when I think about our faith, um, certainly um, when I look at uh, the con the the structure of the Church of Christ, um, there are some analogies that can be made. Uh, number one is that the Church of Christ the ha, is tried and true. Um, it has existed for a very long time since A.D. 33, um, when it was established at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, but we know, looking back at John the first chapter and verse number one, that Jesus has been there from the very beginning. The Word, as it says, capital W, has been there from the very beginning. Um, It is tried and true. It has existed since the beginning of time itself. It's non-fungible, meaning the Church of Christ cannot be copied. It cannot be duplicated. Um, Why is that? Um, Because the Church of Christ is unique. In that... The words that are written in the New Testament scripture um, were written by men who were inspired by God himself. They were written by apostles who walked and talked and saw Jesus Christ himself. If you look at um, even look at Paul, for example, Paul saw Jesus Christ. He was a an apostle born out of due time, but we know that he saw Christ on the road to Damascus um, and what's inferred in the book of Acts is that he received the gospel of Jesus Christ directly, um, at some point between the, um, being on the road to Damascus, being in the desert and presenting himself in Jerusalem. Um, but we know that all of these men, um, receive the gospel of Jesus Christ from God himself, straight from the source through His Son, Jesus Christ. We know that, uh, as it states in Hebrews, um, the, uh, the fourth chapter, that there is only one Lord, one faith, one hope, and one baptism. There is only one gospel. Jesus Christ himself says that the gospel that he came to preach was not his own, but his father's. And we know that there is only one Father, there is only one God. There are not multiple God's. But only one. And we know that uh, the currency of the Church of Christ is also non-fungible. Is also, uh, has a, what can I say, has its own built-in security measures and so forth and so on. We know that uh, even looking at uh, the book of Revelation here in the 22nd chapter. Where... um, uh, Jesus is telling John um, that if any man take away from, add to, you know, modify, distort in any way, shape, or form um, the prophecy and the sayings of the book of Revelation, it says that punishment will be rendered to that individual, that all of the plagues that are written in the book will be levied on that individual. Um, Paul also talks about this in. Galatians, the first chapter, where he says, if if any man or any angel preach any other gospel than that which I have delivered unto you, let him be a curse. Yep. You know that uh, even understanding, being able to decipher the words that are written in the New Testament Scripture requires the Holy Spirit of God. Because you can't come to know the thoughts and intentions that are written in this book without the Holy Spirit making those uh, visible or revealing those unto you. That's the reason why there's a teacher. There's a reason why it's important that before someone come to Christ that they be taught. They can't teach themselves because they don't have the Spirit yet, but they have to be taught by someone who does. So we look at, you know, all the facets that make the Church of Christ what it is. Um, It should inspire a high level, the penultimate level of consumer confidence in in the body and in the Word, in God, and in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because again, Christ is the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning and the End, the First and the Last. And... There's another passage of scripture I'd like to add to that, which comes from Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verse number 12, where the Hebrew writer says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, what what why do we need consumer confidence or why is consumer confidence um important or relevant to us as Christians? It's important and relevant to us because when you look at the verse that I just got through reading here, you know as Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith, you can see there that even Jesus Christ, the beginning and the end of our faith, the one who inspired faith through all the things, all the miraculous works that are written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The man who is the finisher of our faith, the one who went to the cross, who humbled himself, <clears throat> as, uh, as you can you know, see here in the, the, the preceding verses in uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, but that how he humbled himself lower than in angels and came to this earth in the form of a man, And what did he do? He did not faint. He did not give up. He went to the cross and died. He finished his journey. He finished his course. He finished the the mission that was set before him. And that's the reason why he's the author and finisher of our faith. But the consumer confidence part comes in the fact that in the process of doing so, that he got his reward. And his reward is that he is able to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. And guess what? We also have the ability to do the same. We also have the claim to the right hand of the throne of God as sons and daughters of God. And that's and consumer confidence plays into the fact that if you believe that, If you have confidence in that, then you'll do all the things that he wrote about um, in verse number three of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof are Whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. So I have a lot of consumer confidence in God. Um, I know that uh, he sets the bounds. He is preeminent. He is almighty. Um, if, If the time comes where God sees fit to end my life, he will do so. In his due time, if God sees fit to extend my life he will do so. In between time, I look to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my my brother um, Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of my faith, and I set my vision on him, knowing full well that he has given all of us an example to live by, that if we will yet live faithfully until death, we will receive a crown. If we invest if we, let's say, if we invest in the currency of faith, we'll be able to cash that in at that day. And we'll hear those words that, you know, brother people mentioned in his, in, his, in his prayer, certainly as we can read in the word that we will hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom yeah. of heaven. So that's my introduction. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the lesson. Um, If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to uh, uh, John, the 15th chapter. Uh, There's a a lot um, that, well, and and you could probably jot this down in your notes. Um, If you have time, you can... There's a lot packed into John the 13th, 14th, and 15th chapter. And just for the sake of um, staying focused on one particular topic, um, I'm going to just pull out some bits and pieces here. Um, But I want to start off by just uh, setting the stage. So in John the 13th chapter, um, the... The chapter starts off with uh this verse. It says now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father having loved his own which were in the world he loved them unto the end. And so it says that you know um you know at the eve at the end of this um this gathering <clears throat> It says at the end of this supper that uh, Jesus went about washing the feet uh, of his disciples. And, you know, this was an alarming moment. Um, you know, you know, Peter, <laughs> Judas and Peter, um, Judas Iscariot, that is, um, responded differently to this. Um, but Peter, you know, being the type of uh, apostle that he was, he he just couldn't accept the fact that his Lord and Savior would humble himself in the way that he was doing to wash the feet of uh, his disciples. And in verse number 14, Jesus says this, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. And that's certainly a beautiful saying. Um, And was equally as powerful because again, Jesus, you know, the author and finisher of our faith, has given us an example of what it means to truly love and what it means to truly be humble. You know, the only begotten Son of God. You know who is equal? Who thought it not equal to? Who thought it not robbery? Excuse me, to eat, be equal with God. Here we see him taking off the his outer garments. You know, humbling himself and and is washing the feet of his disciples. Continuing on in John the thirteenth chapter, he talks about his betrayal. Um, and he gives the the the, the sop, um, signifying, or or rather, he gave the sop. He dipped it in water and gave it to Judas Iscariot, signifying um, that he would be the one that would betray him. And we see in verse number twenty-seven that after this, that uh, after the sop was given to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. It says, And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. As as the night continues to wear on, Jesus begins a long series of, of sayings and lessons centered around the concept of love. I want to stop here and just talk about Love. Well, we know that God is love, and everyone that is known of God loveth, for God is love. Um, You can look at 1 John and and read all about that, but I do want to say that the the essence of God is love, and not just any type of love, but a love that comes with self-sacrifice, the scripture, as we'll just get through reading here, is, um, and I'm, I'm still in a little bit of my thunder here. What Jesus says: No greater love can a man show than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. That's the agape love, and that is what God is. But continuing on um, in uh, John the fourteenth chapter. Um, he says in verse number one, "Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God; believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you." Now you know this is um, another nugget of information. Certainly, one that is appealing to Thomas, for he says in verse number five, "Lord, we know not where whether thou goest, and how can we know the way?" Jesus responds in verse number six by saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. He continues his lesson to the apostles. And and what you'll notice here is that he is adding the final couple of building blocks to um, the gospel that these same men would turn around and preach um, throughout Judea and throughout Asia Minor. In verse number 15, it says, If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it received him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth in you, and, and shall be in you. So if you recall, I was talking to you about this, you know, this uh, this currency that um, or the spiritual currency that we have, how it can it it has safety measures and it is protected. It's non fungible. And if you notice here that what Jesus said is that not everybody gets this currency because you have to have the spirit of truth. It wasn't the world can't get it. Um, because the world doesn't know Christ, but all of us can get it because we know Him, and because we know Him, He dwells in us, and because He dwells in us, His Spirit also dwells in us. Continuing on in verse number 26, you know, as is Jesus is um, answering a question from Judas, not to Iscariot, in this case, um, where. You know, the other Judas says, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not into the world? Um, very good question. Um, Jesus goes on to answer that question in verse number 23, uh, going forward in verse number 24, 25 and 26, by saying, if the man love me, he will keep my commandments and my father will love him and and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me cannot keep he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he heard is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you being yet present with you, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you, and that goes. Right back to what I had referenced in the introduction, but certainly we can see here that love is the key. If you don't have the love of God in you, then you can't, you don't have access to the church of Christ, to the things that are inside the body of Christ love, peace, joy, um, certainly eternal life. He goes on to say in uh, John the fifteenth chapter if you want to flip forward there. <clears throat> it says in verse number ten If ye well let's start in verse number nine As a father hath loved me so I have loved you continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And you can see the alignment with what the scripture says in first John for it says that this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. But again, we, we see here this, this thing of love, love is the key. And it goes on to say in verse number 12, this is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you greater love. Hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends? Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. This is a, a powerful Verse here, and one that really hadn't struck me until I read it. Uh, Heather got me a um, Sister Garner, excuse me, got me a uh, a book of uh, daily devotionals, and you know it's it's a collection of verses that you read every day, and then there's a short little you know commentary on that verse. Um, when I read this in the in the the daily devotional book. Um, it struck me, but it the way it struck me didn't align it with the commentary, which is perfectly fine. Um, but what struck me here is that the key to really, um, you know, the, the key to consumer confidence is transparency. You know, if you, and I know that, you know, there's, for the most part, let's say, you know, we pull money out of our wallets, we pull out a crisp dollar bill or a quit, uh, crisp 20 or whatever, in your in your wallet and you give it to the merchant and the merchant, you pay for goods and services with this dollar. Um, and, you know, what's transparent, right, is that there's a price um, and you and the merchant agree on that price and you and the merchant also agree that the, the dollar bills that you were given in exchange for the uh, for the goods and the services is legit. Um, it's you know it it is going to be something that the merchant can put into the bank, put into the bank and the bank will accept. But even with the, the consumer confidence that we have and in, in our money, there's really not a whole lot of transparency. I mean, I can't see where it's printed. Um I can't see, you know, the the dies that are, are used to, you know, stamp um you know coins or anything along those lines. I mean, if I wanted to, I couldn't go into Fort Knox and, and you know ensure that every single uh, amount of money that's in my bank account is represented and uh you know has a you know equivalent amount of gold bars let's say, in Fork Knox, um, there's not a whole lot of transparency there. There is still a little bit of mystery. I would say that, by and large, the average American really doesn't understand um, how the dollar works and and our monetary system in general works. I, I would say that we just kind of blindly accept what we don't know because it's tried and true. It's... Hasn't failed us yet. The type of consumer confidence that we have in the body of Christ vastly surpasses that. And why do I say that? It's because of what Jesus says here in verse number 15. Or actually it starts in verse number 13. Again, it says that well, let's start at verse twelve, rather. It says Jesus says that this is the commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Right? And and the proof of Jesus' love is that he would very soon lay down his life for the ones that he loved. And because he is willing to do that, he called them friends. You know, we are friends with Jesus Christ. We are only friends with Jesus Christ because of love or out of love. We love him because he first loved us. And he says in verse number 14 that one of the significations of our friendship is that we do whatsoever he commanded us. But these commandments are not, or rather, our obeisance to his commandments are not done blindly. And this is where I want to get to is Jesus calls us friends and not servants because there is full transparency. We know what he knows. I'm going to pause for a second because I I, I think that's at least to me, that is huge. He says, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. You know, there's, you know, they as they say, you know, knowledge is is power. You know, why, why would they say knowledge is power? Well, knowledge is is only or knowledge is only wielded as power because there are people who don't have the knowledge you know it's like knowledge is some form of currency right is is if i know something that you don't know i have more power right because my perspective is different my 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 ability to to see around the corner or anticipate what's going to come next because of my knowledge enhances my ability to survive more so than yours because you don't have that knowledge. But the reason why we are friends with Jesus the only begotten son of God is that we know what he knows. And you may say well what does he know that that we know? We'll read through the rest of the 15 chapter. Read the entire New Testament scripture and you'll see it. Certainly, you know, there was a, a and, and I and I and I don't want to I'll just I'll just continue on. Um, in in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon was trying to figure out what the purpose of his existence or the purpose of human existence was. He said that uh, he called himself the preacher, and he studied many books, and he wrote many wise words, and he said that the conclusion of the matter, the whole duty of man, is to fear God and keep his commandments. Okay? That's the whole duty. But why? Well, we know the mystery. The mystery has been revealed to us through the New Testament scripture. And the the mystery is this. Why? Why is it the whole duty of man to fear God and keep his commandments? Well, we just got through referencing a, a passage of scripture from the book of Revelation. And you know what revelation means? It means to reveal or to make known. And what the book of Revelation makes known to us is that there is life after death. But there are only two avenues in this eternal existence after death. There is the pathway to the lake of fire and brimstone and there is a pathway to the new Jerusalem. And what separates these two paths or what will set someone down one path or another is the only currency that is the only currency that is the that the most powerful currency i guess is what i'm trying to allude to here and that's love it is a currency that will never go away it will exist for all time for all eternity and that is love And what Jesus says here in John the 15th chapter is that if you love my father, then you love me, as he says in verse number nine of John the 15th chapter. Continue in my love is how he finishes off that verse. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love love is the key it reveals to us all the things that the father made known to his only begotten son jesus christ and is the key that jesus christ is made known unto all of us love affords us full transparency and should inspire the greatest level of consumer confidence in anything that humankind could even imagine If you, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter. In 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter, it talks about charity, also known as love. It says that there are a lot of great things that go along with charity. As a matter of fact, if as it says in verse number 2 if you or verse number 1 and 2 really if you don't have this this uh you know this this currency this uh this thing that reveals itself unto all of us or allows for the revelation to occur if you don't have love then everything that you have and possess is of no value but one of the things i want to touch on is in verse Um, verse number 8 of 1 Corinthians, the, the, the 13th chapter. It says, Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But there's one thing that will always remain. It's love. Love will always, always be there. When we talk about this habitation that has been established for those of us who are uh, sons and daughters of God, you know, obviously, you know, Jesus Christ, the our Lord and Savior, you know, again, being the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the the end, the first and the last, you know, what is the what is the structure? of this habitation, or the boundaries of the habitation made out of. I would say that, you know, the essence of that structure, the essence of of that habitation is love. Because if love never fails, then you have to think within your mind, well, then that makes complete sense to me, right? That if love never fails and God is love, then it makes all the sense in the world that the only begotten Son of God also, never fails in the fact that he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end, the first and the last. Ever, Bibles turn to Romans, the eighth chapter, and this is where I'll conclude the lesson. My study Bible. Has um, here in Romans the eighth chapter, right above verse number twenty-eight, and I don't know if it's in your study Bible. If if it's not, not a big deal. But um, what it uh, you know the the publisher put up uh, as kind of as a notation, more than conquerors, and that is certainly um, you know a play off of uh, or a a nod to what is written in the 37th verse of Romans, the 8th chapter. And that's where we'll start. It says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, Nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And there it is. That's the reason why we have a high level of consumer confidence in you will, if you will, in God, in Jesus in the body of Christ, and the church of Christ, in our faith, in the promises. Because we know that there is nothing, nothing, nor no principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come in this life and the next that is able to defraud us of the love of God. Because charity never failed. And because Jesus, our friend, who loved us enough, as he said, no greater love can a man show than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. That same man who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, who went to that cruel cross of Calvary and died for our sins. You and I. And given us an opportunity to get on that, you know, that, uh, to be in that, uh, that, that unified street that we just got through reading. You know, that street of gold that has mansions on either side where we can be neighbors with Christ, our brother and our friend. It's love, the key. Love is the key. Love the love of God inspires should inspire in each and every one of us a high level of confidence. Certainly as we go into this upcoming week, certainly as we, you know, for you know, as we go about our business, we go about our day, we should have a high level of confidence in knowing that God and his love will never fail. It will always be there he will always be there to provide for us. It will always be, be there to guide us. It will always be there to protect us. Certainly, it is the love of God that preserves our place in heaven if we live faithfully until death. Yeah. So the lesson is yours this morning. If you're here and um, your, your confidence has been wavering, um, if your faith has been wavering that's okay as long as you get that is as, as long as you get that corrected today because we don't know what tomorrow may bring we don't know what the next five minutes will bring um, even so, but God has given you the opportunity right now to get that right to come to him in the spirit of repentance and ask him for strength ask him for guidance ask him to Renew your hope and faith in Him and His Word, because He loves you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for you and I. He's already shown His love. We just have to accept it. And so we'll sing a song of imitation, and the floor will be open to anyone who um, has need to uh, request a prayer of any kind. Thank you very much for your time and attention.